When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Bantha Milk Podcast, it's our second edition of Around the Degeric Table with two completely awesome guests, uh, Eric from Ears Up and Mark Anthony Austin from Everywhere Famous. Wait till you check this out. All right, here we go. Intro Welcome to Bantha Milk Presents Around the Degeric Table, a roundtable discussion discussing anything and everything we can about Star Wars. This will be a monthly, or even trying to get bi-monthly, as long as I can find enough friends to talk to, discussion group where we invite two friends to the show to come on with a question, and we discuss each of these four questions. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode I will be joined by my co-host, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, Rob. So I guess I'm your co-pilot. So, so my Han Solo and your Chewbacca or you Chewbacca? Well, uh, how, who's who's who? I have the Chewbacca uh, Crocs, <laughs> and uh, for anybody that wants to have fun, if you with all of your food apps, change your name to Chewbacca or Batman or something silly. Maybe even you know Boba Fett, A New Hope, or something like that. And then when you drive through the drive-through of Taco Bell, tell them Chewbacca's here, and they really enjoy it. So. I'll be Chewbacca. You can be Han Solo. Will teenagers even know who Chewbacca is? Some of them. Some oh, one okay. one person even, as I was driving through, he made the Chewbacca noises. He was like, uh, so it was fun. Uh, today we have two very special guests with us. First, we have Mark Anthony Austin, who, before I even continue on, I have to ask, I love your Facebook posts, all the vintage photos. Um, are they your photos or are these things that you found or, or is there a mix of each of those maybe in there? Uh, each of them, each of them, my posts, I find that day and I post that day. Okay. I, I consider myself, uh, a behind the scenes bounty image bounty hunter. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anywhere to store the, the all these pictures. So I, I don't yeah. want to fill up my memory. So I post them and I delete them. Okay. It but they're all sense. logged up in here. So when I go looking, I know if I've seen it or if I haven't posted it for a very, very long time. That's awesome. Well, other than your awesome post, so if you don't follow him on Facebook or Instagram, uh, definitely follow him because he shows uh, especially a lot of Star Wars, vintage photos of Star Wars. Um, Princess Leia, very young, Carrie Fisher's, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker's all the all the vintage stuff. You even had one, uh, mo- a lot of models. You were showing um, miniatures of yeah. Gotham City yeah. and things like that. Really, really cool stuff that you're posting. But you're okay. you've done more things than just that. So okay. why don't you tell us a little bit more about you um, in this brief intro? You can go on as long as you want. I don't <laughs> care. You're 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 awesome. So go for it. Tell us everything you want. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just an, an animator. That's it. I'm just an animator. Um, I've just been uh, started as a 2D animator, became a digital an- animator, one of the first digital animators. Uh, and, it, and, you know, everyone thinks I know technology because I was one of the first digital animators, which you guys found out tonight I am not, <laughs> very much not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've worked on over 50 movies, uh, worked on commercials, worked on games. Uh, mostly, Mostly my passion and my work has become movie centric. So, um, but right now between jobs, because you know, there's no work because of the strikes. So, the strike. Yeah. Yeah. So no work and they're not thinking it, it might not pick up for could be nine months time. Oh, wow. Um, so wow. I'm just tightening the belts and, uh, you know, and trying to batten down the hatches and uh, wait it out. But, um, maybe so some, can, you, can you freelance your stuff? There's no no work. No, there's no work because you know that all the writers 
have written anything, then the actors have to act, and then that's when I come in at the special effects end. Uh, and that's, and I did go into animation again with Netflix. The last four years I was with Netflix animation, though. So um, I did go back to animation to where it started. Um, but I kind of go between animation and special effects back and forth. Um, but yeah, went between jobs. So if anyone needs, everybody <laughs> <laughs> needs a very skilled animator or special effects guy, hit you up. Well, I'll hire you. I don't have any money. Yeah, we don't have any money. Yeah, that's teachers, what I need, so. though. That's the thing I need. <laughs> oh, you want to oh. do it for money? Yeah, that's so weird. I've got a mortgage. You got a mortgage. <laughs> I live yeah. in Los Angeles. It's expensive. It's very expensive. They're yeah. going to charge you for breathing soon. I think they will. Well, you know, you got to breathe in the, all that clean air in LA. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we can't pay you in meatballs like Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer? No, actually, the Sorry. last thing I did work on was Adam Sandler's uh, Leo. Did you? It just came out last month, this month, last month on Netflix. Yeah, it's number six in movies in Netflix right now. I was actually going to talk to you about yeah, that. I actually uh -huh. saw my big movie that nobody ever saw is number three in the Netflix charts, uh, Love and Monsters. Oh, that's awesome. I did most of the creature effects in there or supervised most of the creature effects. For that That's movie, awesome. but no one had ever seen it, and now it's number three in the uh, charts. So it's it's really good funny for how, me. Yeah, it's weird how movies, especially Netflix and and Amazon Prime and stuff, like the strangest movies suddenly just like t get get big all of a sudden. I know. In October, Casper did really well. That's where I started in movies, and suddenly that was number one. So I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm I'm back, people. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not only have you been an animator and all those things, but the way we found you was because of your Instagram title, uh, Boba Fett A-N-H for A New Hope. Um, you were on our show way back in 2001, and I want to thank you for that again. It was an was awesome- it 2001? I think, or 2021. Sorry, 2021. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, a lot, we're a lot older than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> 2021. I knew there was a one in there somewhere. Uh, just, you know, 20 year time difference. Um, but yeah, during that time, we interviewed you about being uh, on the Boba Fett in when they digitally remastered it mm -hmm. and how you were a part of a lot of the digital remastering of mm -hmm. uh, the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to we're not going to uh, have our viewers listen to that all over again. If they want, they can go back to that episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you were, you were a great guest. It was really awesome, uh, meeting you then. And I'm very happy that you said, sure, I'll come on again. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you were hoping we would be able to pay you, but we can't. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and then our other guest is, uh, Eric, try and top that buddy. Uh, he is, uh, on lots and lots of podcasts all over the interwebs. Uh, from Ears Up podcast to his own new podcast that he's doing. And he's also part of Concy Ears, which is a travel planner. But you don't need me to tell you. Eric, tell us all about yourself. Well, I, I, right now I'm just trying. I, I'm, I'm looking up Mark's uh, Instagram page and following because uh, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in there. Uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, no, I, I, I'm not on that many podcasts. Okay, uh, we're, we're just talking. We, we've got a few, uh, one of which uh, you stole from me. I did this uh, one. <laughs> yes, this very podcast idea you stole from the Hub Crawl, which we stole from an IT podcast, so don't worry about it. Okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> Roundtable discussions, open, open topics for all. Uh, please listen to the Hub Crawl. Please listen to uh, Bowie explaining my newest podcast. <laughs> He's uh, all about David Bowie. Episode two coming soon. And there are others that if you're a Years Up listener, you're probably already listening to. So there you go. There we go. So that's it. There are two guests today. It's going to be a great time. We have four. I will say, I mean, this is only our second episode, but these all four questions are awesome. They're, I think they're the four best questions that we have uh, for any of our shows so far. So I'm really excited about this. And I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, so I'm going to start it off with uh, my first question which I thought about this a lot because I was like, hmm, what's a good one that everybody can can try to relate to or would want to relate to? So my question is, if you could have any droid in real life that would do things in this universe, which of the droids would you want to have for yourself? Uh, so I 
forget already. I'm sending it to Mark. So, Mark, you get to answer this first challenging question. Well, my favorite droid, I don't know if I'd like to own one, but my favorite droid is the probe droid. And everyone's favorite droid is R2 usually, or BB-8 or whatever. But probe droid, I don't know why. I think it's just because of the spidery look, maybe, the design. But I, I would love to have a probe droid. And, and I'd send it off on missions, find me a job or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the chatter. My my um, ringtone has been a probe droid for I don't know how long, over a decade. That's awesome. Um, but my my wife knows the probe droid ringtone or the probe chatter. So when we watch the movies, she suddenly hears that chatter and looks for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, is your uh, phone going off again? Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, a probe droid, and uh, I was so in love with that. Oh, the painting's hidden. It's, it's back there. I, I decorated my uh, office because I've got some time to. Um, <laughs> but I painted a large, I think it was like four foot by two foot large vertical um, painting on it. I'm so obsessed with the probe droid. So that was my choice. Anyway, so I'll pass it along to Eric. Well, um I have something back here too. I've got my my, my Lego probe droid. Oh, nice! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, great choice. Uh, I I decided to go with um, a, a a little more of a companion droid, maybe one that won't uh, try to murder me. L three three seven from Solo. I. <laughs> I, I like I, I love how sassy she is. I love that 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 repartee between uh, between Lando and the droid. Oh, good. Now now our dogs are barking at each other. Just a great, she just agree with your choice. Is handy? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but I think that I mean one of those things that I, I just love about about the character, it's such a standalone character, such a movie that I, I, I really think the movie's underrated, um, and I, I love that she became this icon. She became more of an icon after she was destroyed. She became part of the Millennium Falcon, and that's part of why Han has this bond with this ship. Like, what a cool. What a cool idea. Um, I, I thought that was great. I, I mean, say what you will about the way they named Han Solo Han Solo, but the rest <laughs> of the movie is solid, and I really like them introducing these new characters we've never seen before. Part of that, kind of like that Rogue One bit where we're, we're introducing brand new characters to the Star Wars saga. We don't need a lightsaber here. We can tell great stories uh, without without all of that. I think that's what I want more of in the future anyway. But that's a different topic, isn't it? <laughs> um, Tom, what what's what's your go to? Yeah, first you're gonna have your hands full with that droid. I mean, she <laughs> yeah she can give you the business. She she can tell you what's on her mind, um, which is kind of which which is why I chose K two S O from Rogue One because he he's not afraid to give it to you straight, um, just like L three. Um, L three's a, a little more sassy than than K two, but they do have very similar personalities. Um, but I do like how he gives it to you straight. Um, I, I feel like he's good for many different tasks. He's, he, he looks really strong. Obviously, if you've seen the movie, he just picks up stuff and just throws them. He carries people just in the air. Um, <laughs> he's probably pretty good with combat. Um, he seems really smart. Uh, so I, K2SO is, is, is my choice for being a good companion droid. Um. So I'm going to pass it on to Rob, and I I have a feeling I know who Rob's going to choose because he's a Mandalorian fan. Well, you are correct. Uh, I am a huge Mandalorian fan. I loved uh, when the first season of it came out. Um, and I'm going to pick IG-11, but not, for, not the evil <laughs> IG-11 that uh, was very awesome as a comedic sidekick in when he was trying to destroy and blow up baby Yoda when they first met him. Uh, I want the IG 11 that can be useful in our society. Um, <laughs> having a droid that can go around killing people isn't going to do us any good because then I wind up in jail and that's not useful to me. 
but the one that was the loving one that was the one that was the the baby uh the nanny to baby yoda later on the one that i could probably say uh go out back and do some gardening for me and he'll be like okay i'll go do some gardening so that's the ig11 that i want is the the nice the fun the uh <laughs> useful useful joy uh i was and thinking funny. Like, i mean and, and funny yeah uh, very, uh, you know, that, that voice and that, uh, his, his tone and, and his, his, uh, his whole demeanor was very good as well. I was thinking, like Mark said, you know, B, uh, BB eight, R2, D2, they're like fan favorites, but are they useful in our real world? <laughs> and like, what, what could, what could R2, D2 really do for us? It's, you know, I guess we could put a tray on top of his head and he could serve, you know, drinks to people, but. I have stairs in my house and they're made of wood. So if he's going to go up them, he's going to burn my house down. Exactly. He's gonna, <laughs> you know, so I didn't think uh, in the real world that they would be very useful. So and and I don't have an X-Wing fighter that I can plop them in and help guide me anywhere. So, uh, yeah. So that's why I stayed away from those two. I'm actually really happy that none of you chose R2-D2 because I would have <laughs> thought he would have been the number one choice of. If you ask nine out of ten people, they would have said R two D two. But right, I, I'm glad. Like I really like all of your choices. They all make a lot of sense. Now, would I want to, you know, cosplay and build an R two unit that I could take, you know, to to festivals and carnivals and and whatever? Yeah, that would be a lot of fun because then you get a lot of attention that way. But for something that would be more practical, he's not very practical for us. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Mark, point. yeah. All right, Mark, it's your turn. You can ask your question to the group. Okay, my question was, um, you know, a solo movie was kind of like a, a backstory spin-off, uh, you know, backstory for Han Solo, Chewbacca, and, uh, you know, Andor was a backstory for, you know, uh, Cassian Andor. Um, my question is, if you could choose a character, maybe even an obscure character, which character would you like to see backstory of and why so i'm going to pass that to eric because i guess because i asked the question eric has to go first all right (laughs) (laughs) um so i i really i guess lando's getting a project and i want to see that i i I do want to see that for sure um and so many of these characters when you when you say let's go let's go for somebody a little more obscure a lot of them feel like a joke because so many characters are kind of throw away but still have kind of a story and we've had we've had books written about um a lot of the the minor characters in the past um i i guess if i'm gonna pick somebody let's go with let's go with somebody on the empire side how did admiral piet get where he was or captain piet before he was promoted Mm -hmm. um like it, it it seems almost like a joke because i mean all these characters that vader just kills (laughs) <laughs> indiscriminately but i want to i want to know more about how somebody who's not a stormtrooper is raised in the empire what what's it like to be an officer and be terrified of this massive man that <laughs> i mean yeah so admiral piet is the is the first name that came to my mind um i think we could come up with something fun for somebody somebody like that on the empire side uh tom where are you thinking so I went with Count Dooku. Um, the reason why I chose Dooku is I, I think he was an interesting character because he, he was very similar to Anakin. He turned to the dark side. He was a Jedi, turned to the dark side. And I think there's a good backstory there. Um, I have a feeling that he has always had a mistrust for the Jedi Order. And... I think that could play some really interesting stories. He seemed rebellious. Um, you could tell he, he was rebellious. He passed that on to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon was rebellious, and Qui-Gon was his Padawan, Padawan learner. So I feel like there's some good stories there. Um, I'd love to see like a Disney Plus series on it, maybe showing him in his prime, maybe like his 30s, teaching Qui-Gon, but also teaching Qui-Gon to question authority not to always trust the Jedi order, just to, to think outside the box, think outside the Jedi order. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see what the Jedi council looked like 50 years ago 
when when Duka was in his prime. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Yoda was on it, but but who knows? Because Mace would be too young to be on it. So who would be on the Jedi Council fifty years ago? Um, it'd be similar to like the Mandalorian. We kind of know what happens. We know where Duku goes, but it'd be interesting to see where his stories were as as he was a Jedi in his prime. Um, so so he would be my choice. Duku would be my choice. Rob, what do you think? Um, I was thinking, uh, first off, Eric, your, your, uh, person reminded me a lot of the Thrawn books, one of the Thrawn trilogies where you're reading about Thrawn coming up in the ranks Mm -hmm. and it was interesting. And I found myself almost rooting for Thrawn, even though he's this super evil bad guy, as you're reading it, you're like, oh, yeah, go for it. Oh, wait, hold on. No, you can't go for it. You're the bad guy, you know? But well, yeah, no, those books were great. They yeah. were really well put together, and I love the way that they that that Zahn wove in bits about Anakin and Vader and had multiple time periods going on. I, I really liked those, yeah. Yeah, so, so when you were saying that, I was like, that would work because it worked in the books for Thrawn, so it would be fun to see somebody else in, in that type of a role. Uh, I was thinking somebody who we see on the Jedi Council in the movies, but we really don't know much about. Um, the first one that came to mind for me was like Kit Fisto because he's just a cool looking dude with his tentacles and everything like that. Like it would be fun to see either a movie or a series or whatever about him. And especially now with Dave Filoni in charge. I mean, if he can make you like the Ugnots with, uh, with Queel, and you're like, oh, the Ugnuts are actual like creatures that have brains and stuff. And they're not just these silly grunts, whatever, that we saw in Empire. Um, so if he can make you like an Ugnot, then he can definitely make you like somebody like Kit Fisto or something like that. And it would be fun, like Tom was saying, what would the Jedi Council look like 50 years ago? It would be fun seeing other Jedis other than Skywalker, somebody who's was trained in the Jedi ways and in the council and all that stuff going through their, their progression and their learning and all, and all that stuff. So that would be mine. Mark, you asked the question, so I'm sure you got a better answer than all of us. No, no, no. My, my answer is a bit obscure because I would choose Dr. Evazan and Ponda Baba slash Warsman, just because <laughs> I want to know why he has the death sentence in 12 systems. <laughs> I want to know that story. Yeah, that would yeah. Be amazing to find out each of those death sentences. Why? 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 What did he do? What did? What did he do? Was it something amazing? So I would, I would love to have that backstory. But going back to um, the Dooku suggestion, I think that plays really well because you know they've got Dooku. I'm sure would be you know start that rebellious thread because as you said, he passed it on to Qui Gon, who passed it on to Obi Wan, who passed it on to Anakin. There's this yeah, rebellious point. thread that goes all through them, kind of like the Balin character mm-hmm. in Ahsoka. So yeah. I think that's why Balin stood out. He was like the one thing in that series that really caught my attention. Yeah, And I think so. I think you're onto something there. I think that, <laughs> that rebellious kind of thread, that questioning thread, you know, that I, I'm not, I think I'm going to go to the other side. That thing that makes them yeah. switch over is very, very uh, strong. And then um, when you said about Kip Fisto, I was thinking also it'd be love to I'd love to see if they did have it back, you know, a ways to have a very young Pud One Mace Windu in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know I, I think because you know his end, you know where he's going, but I'd love to see his rise, you know, to becoming that dominant figure in the council. And it's funny we was talking earlier about love and monsters. This is a side note. It will come back to this, I swear. <laughs> it's all about Love and Monsters. I was working on Love and Monsters, working with uh, a guy, guy came, Matt Sloan. And he was the effects supervisor, Australian guy. Uh, never did meet the director, always worked with Matt Sloan. And he came to uh, America, to MPC, and we worked together for months and months and months and months and months. And then at the very end of the project, I suddenly find out he is Plo Kloon. Oh, no way. And I'm like, hey, I'm Boba Fett. 
<laughs> we had this we had this moment <laughs> this, like we just both were like stunned because we we knew each other at that point we knew yeah. each other really well but we had no clue that we were both in star wars both as uh characters that are pretty popular so yeah that's that's anyway so that's my my what comes in is uh, matt sloan uh, love and monsters uh plo Kloon. yeah that's really but, funny but i would uh as i said i would choose uh Dr. Everzan, just to find out. I want to see why he had those death sentences. Okay. And, and going on with that real fast, it's funny because you see people, you know, getting shot and killed all the time in Star Wars. And, you know, nothing ever happens. You know, I mean, we see Han Solo, you know, in uh, New Hope right away shooting uh, Greedo, you know. Yeah. But, like, then he just walks out of the, walks out of the, the cantina, you know. And how many stormtroopers have been killed by Luke Skywalker and whatever. And it's like, okay, they are the police force, you know, they're the authority and you're killing them, but yeah, you're just walking around freely, you know, like it is really funny that so many deaths have happened, but this guy has 12 death sentences against him. So he must've been serious, seriously killing people. (laughs) And and, and Hey, maybe they had more adventures after the arm cutting off bit. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe. <laughs> Mark, did you did you like when he showed up in Rogue One, or did you think that was just fan service? No, I I mean I I love any of those kind of those little things where they put characters in the background. Like there was that suit, that episode of the Mandalorian with I don't know even the character's name that that uh, Cyclops character that was uh-huh. in charge of the wrestling mm-hmm. place with the uh, the, uh, the Gamorian guards wrestling each other. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I, I just love any of those appearances. So that is one of the things I do. Uh, I am really thankful for Dave Filoni for for like putting all those. You know, he had the salacious crumb on the spit, and the other ones in the cages. Uh-huh, like, yeah, all those things <laughs> just resonate with with me, and I, I much prefer seeing those to new new characters. You know, or, or as much as new characters, I must say. But um, no, I, I I was glad to see him. That's awesome. All right. Um, I think it is Tom's question. You were going to send it over, and then I interrupted you, Mark. No, I think it's uh, Eric's question. Eric's question. Go ahead, Eric. All right. Uh, So what's your favorite planet type in the Star Wars universe? And bonus, if you have a very specific planet that you really enjoy. Desert planet, ice planet, lava planet. What do you think? Okay, so weird thing happened during the recording of the show. Tom's audio somehow kicked out. So for the last two questions, you won't hear Tom's answer, even though Tom asks the last question. So enjoy the rest of the show with only three people talking, and just know that Tom was here. He just uh, didn't get recorded. Well, of course, you know, you said, oh, the desert planet is the easiest one to pick. So I picked the desert planet. (laughs) (laughs) Um so Tom and I play a lot of uh, a vintage game now, Star Wars Galaxies. I don't know if either of you uh, ever played it or heard of it or anything like that, but it was, was it 2001, Tom, that it originally came out? 2003 it originally. Okay. Yeah, so we uh, so we played that for, for what was originally released by Sony, and then um, they did a lot of changes throughout its run, and then they finally canceled it. And after it was canceled, there was a lot of people who were missing the game. So they took the code, and people wrote their own codes and stuff like that. So you can play it now uh, on smaller servers and stuff like that. And uh, so Tom and I are back playing it again. We keep we go through these cycles where we play it, and we stop, and we play, and we stop. And we're back playing it again. So uh, playing Star Wars Galaxies, I thought the regular planets are the easiest to live on, but I think I would like a desert planet uh, because if you can survive on a desert planet, especially, you know, um, where Luke was growing up with two sons and a desert, like it's it's got to be unbearable to live on something like that. But the planet that I picked the most was, uh, I don't even know how to say it, Cantonic, Canton, Cantonia, um, which is where they built the, the casino city, Canto Bright in uh solo right solo yeah no uh last jedi yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah, in, in Last Jedi. So because I thought it was awesome that they were able to take this desert planet that nobody would want to live on and then put this awesome casino on it, and then they're able to get rich people, gangsters, everybody to come and gamble on their planet. So you get the best of both worlds. It is a desert planet, but then they're like, ha, tricked you. Look at this awesome casino city that we built. Um, so I figured if you could build a casino city on a desert planet and get people to come to it, you, you got yourself a moneymaker right there. So that's why I picked that planet and even that city for that matter. Uh, Mark, what would you say? <laughs> See, I call that planet Las Vegas planet because it basically is Las Vegas on a planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they took the desert, they got rid of it, and they put put a, a gambling yeah. city there. So, but um, I, I knew someone. I knew it, there was going to be some bad uh, vibes for the desert planet. But <laughs> I had to. I I I absolutely love tattooing only because a I come from England. So when I saw this. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I wanted to live there where the sun shone, you know, uh-huh. two suns, <laughs> two suns, you know, it was even better. Um, but I don't know. I think it's because it was the first planet we got to explore. You know, we went from the uh, Tantive 4 in the shuttle, and this is the first planet we explored. And just that dune sea, it might look boring, but I was just, uh, as a kid, I, I, that was another world to me you know as i said i lived in england you know it rains all the time yeah uh, so these this planet with all the uh, canyons and everything and the jawas and the tuscan raiders were actually absolutely loved uh, i was so happy when in jedi we came back and i was like oh thank god and and then you know years over a decade later i get to play boba fett but guess where on tatooine <laughs> so you know in docking bay 94 my favorite docking bay uh, so as much as it's hokey and corny to say tatooine it, it it's in it's ingrained in my blood now it's like it's been there so long uh that i can't get i can't get sick of tatooine i understand it is it's it's it's, yeah. it's like home and uh yeah and yeah i wish they i wish they wouldn't you know keep regenerating you know when they had the jacku and all that it's like a you know i wish they would branch out into some other um uh, biospheres you know biomes sure yeah but um i guess a close second would be dagobah because i i, I really loved again because it's so alien to me coming from england you know, sweltering, hot, moist, you know, swampy planet was, uh, and it just seemed so harsh. It seemed harsher than Tatooine because, you know, Luke couldn't even land his ship properly. You know, you, you, you arrive there and all, all of a sudden you crash landing. So it was like the ha- most hazardous planet. Um, <laughs> but uh, my first and foremost had to be, has to be Tatooine. So Eric. Well, as we're talking about this, uh, part of one of the things that's always been interesting to me is how, why do all the planets have to have just one, yeah, <laughs> one biome? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I, um, I'm from Chicago, and now I live in the in in the mountains of Colorado. I love snow. Uh, this is my favorite time of year. I used to play in the snow for hours. My 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 grandparents lived in the the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so I we were up there most of the winter playing around, just digging in snow, building building igloos, building snow tunnels in giant mounds of snow. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's no surprise that I really like really like the snow planets, and I I loved the scenes in Hoth on Empire. Um. I decided as my my favorite planet to bring up Ilum, um, which uh, I remember having a lot of fun on those uh, those playing on Ilum in um, the Old Republic, which is the the game that I played more uh, than Star Wars Galaxies, and finding out that this is the this is one of the densest places for for kyber crystals and learning more about it over the years, and then finding out that. They didn't. They didn't name it in um, 
the Force Awakens, but to find out that they hollowed the planet out and made it into a, <laughs> a planet Death Star uh, for the Force Awakens. I'm like, oh man, that's the planet <laughs> that I really liked playing on in that game. Um, I I really like that, and it has such a a tie to uh, to the Jedi, and to see that they're actually using it in some of the High Republic books and everything. I like that they're pulling it back in and they're giving it more of a backstory. I really enjoy that. So I'm picking Ilum as my favorite snow planet. Um, pretty important sort of place. Mark, um, was, there, was there a lot of snow in London or in England where you grew up now? No, it seemed to me when I was younger. I, I definitely saw a shift in England. In my childhood, there was a lot of snow. There was a lot of times at Christmas we'd be stranded in central London, couldn't even get back to the outskirts of London where my family lived. So we'd be holed up in my aunt's house for four or five days until we could drive back. Um, and that happened quite a lot. So when in my young childhood, I remember snow. But then suddenly there was no snow. And then the biggest thing in England at Christmas in the betting shops is, is it going to snow on Christmas? <laughs> to this day, to this day, because I think maybe because of the global warming, maybe. I don't know. But there doesn't seem to be snow since or if there is snow it melts it never settles but when i was a kid okay. i remember snow and i don't remember it as a teen okay interesting because yeah. uh tom and i are from new jersey well, i grew up in pennsylvania on right on the other side of i was and, there the other week oh new nice you should, yeah. you should stop by yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and uh i know as a kid we we had lots of snow and uh even when i was in college i remember i went to temple university and there was three days where school was canceled because we had so much snow that, that they couldn't clear the roads and all that stuff. So we had two or three days where, where it was canceled. But uh, I think last summer we didn't have any snowstorms at all last summer hmm. or last winter. Yeah, <laughs> last winter. Yeah. It's really cold. <laughs> well, you know, because we're in Australia, so summer is winter for us. So. <laughs> Yeah, so last winter we didn't have any snow at all. I don't, as far as I can remember, I don't even think I took out the snowblower. I think Eric probably already has two feet of snow in Colorado by now. It it it's it does take like every other year that we'll have a we'll have a year without much snow at all. Um, it, it's so sunny here that the snow melts pretty quickly. Uh, it's not like Chicago where the snow just turns into ice and it sticks around and it's gray for months. Um, it, it it's usually very sunny and it clears up pretty well. Uh, last year was a low snow year. I think I used the snowblower once. Okay. Uh, this year it's, it's already, I mean, it's, it's only December and I've used it twice. Uh, we, we don't get a lot of snow until basically late winter, early spring. That's when we get the worst snow. That's when we get the two feet, but we got a foot on Friday night. Uh, when I had to, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. and drive my wife to the airport. Of course. <laughs> right. You know, it's always the best time for the snow is when you need to go somewhere very important. Right. Like, I don't have time to clear the driveway. Let's hope the, the SUV gets out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weather around that was, the United States. talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, Tom, I think we're up for your last question here, huh? This is the part where Tom would have asked his question. His question was, do you think Disney killed Star Wars? So many people complain that Star Wars was so much better before Disney took over. Do you think Disney killed Star Wars? And here's our answers. I'm going to say no, because honestly, we had George Lucas's... Uh, original idea for what he wanted for the first three movies, which turned out to be a lot of Mark adding a lot of CGI special effects on things. Um, but the story wasn't as good as his story of four, five and six. Um, so then when he sold it and uh, we got seven, eight and nine, I think they, they, they made a mistake with their direction of those three movies. They should have had a, bigger overall theme and stuff like that. But then when they came up with the Disney plus series is I think that's where they're really doing a very good job. Um, the Mandalorian first season of Mandalorian was amazing because it was 
we thought we were going to get a Boba Fett story and we get this other bounty hunter instead, but it was awesome. It was everything that we wanted Boba Fett to be just in a brand new character. And the fact that that was the first one out of the gate for them, it was amazing. Like I remember watching it and that's when we started this podcast, we were doing show reviews and I watched every episode like three times before we did our show and we did our show the night after it came on. So I watched it like three times that very first day. I remember waking up at like five in the morning to watch it because it didn't drop in on the East coast until like three o'clock in the morning. So I remember waking up at like five watching it quietly without waking my wife, then watching it at lunchtime, then watching it when I got home and then talking about it uh, the night after that. So um, they hit that out of the park. They, some of them weren't as good. Um, unfortunately, the storyline for the Boba Fett one, no offense, Mark. Um, I know. <laughs> I was like, look, I was in one scene. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> two scenes. I'm sorry, two scenes. <laughs> but uh, the storyline for, for Dad Bod Boba Fett was not nearly as good as the storylines that they had in The Mandalorian. Um. I think we probably all really would have rather have the prequel story of Boba Fett of why was Darth Vader saying he's the greatest bounty hunter of all time when we first meet him? Why does he specifically turn to him and say no disintegration? You know, who was this guy? Um, I think that would have been a better story, but I didn't write it. Um, and then <laughs> Andor, I think, was one of the best storytelling stories Star Wars or not on Disney, uh, Disney plus ever. I think it was so gritty and so good. And there's scenes times when you forget that it was even a Star Wars movie. It was just a good war story. Um, and then you're like, Oh, look at that. They have blasters. They don't have M 16s or whatever. Um, so did Disney ruin it? Long story short. No, I don't think so. Um, is there some things that they, they're obviously overdoing, Sure, but that's what when you spend that much money on a property, you want to make sure you get your money back out of it. So, do I blame them for it? No, mm -hmm. because they're trying to trying to get their money back out of it. Um, so that's what I have to say. Uh, in a very long winded story. Sorry about that, Mark. It's your turn. <laughs> I have to agree. I have to agree with you. I think the the biggest uh, thing that played a part in this whole anti-Disney thing is the gap we had, you know, the dark years that we had uh, between because we, we weren't allowed to age with it. We, we, we aged and left Star Wars behind and then suddenly we get into Star Wars and we're cantankerous old bastards now. <laughs> so, of course, it's not going to be accepted like it was when we were kids because we're old and crusty now. So right, <laughs> it's the gap. It's the gap that that has created this whole uh, rift, I think. And so, when Disney took it, they all already were at a disadvantage. And I think the disadvantage we even felt it with the prequels. You know, because mm -hmm. we had this gap. Uh, I was expecting in the prequels to have brand new X-wing fighters because you know the Rebels bought all the old. Starfighters. Yeah. There's an old Starfighter. I want to see brand new X-wing fighters back then, and brand new. Uh, oh, I wanted to see at least some of the ships, like Star Destroyers. Why would I would have seen something much more like they, they became the Star Destroyers? Or you, you saw that progression, but I wanted to see it on Episode One. I wanted mm -hmm. to see all all the. I wanted to see something like I just said when they throw in uh, Doctor Everzan. You know, I wanted if he had done that with episode one, we we would have accepted those prequels much more readily. I think. Yeah. Um, with uh, the the Disney Plus stuff, I, I agree. I, the only thing I don't like about the Disney Plus stuff is the week to week. For me, mm. I get to the end of the series, and when I binge watch it, it's ten times better than watching it week to week. When you can watch it all the way through. It's ten times better. Like the, when I when they finished the first season on Mandalorian, I think I binged watched it at least nine times, like at least nine times. I just couldn't stop watching it. It was a great, you know. And I wouldn't, wouldn't watch it in one sitting, obviously, but 
I watched it over and over and over again uh, because I was waiting for season two, you know? Yeah. But um, to your point about the book of Boba Fett, when they said the book of, the book of, just those three words suggested to me all of the stories that, as you said, added to his mythos, right? So I thought we were going to get all, see him, as you said, younger, pre-Empire, thinner, <laughs> not taking his helmet off uh-huh. as as it was. So when I saw Book of Boba Fett, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I was really worried about it. I was really worried about the Mandalorian. Uh, and I'm glad they chose to choose another uh, Mandalorian than Boba Fett. Because there's so much attached to Boba Fett, so much passion. It's it, it's too fragile. It's too fragile. But when they said the, the the book of, I was really hoping for okay. We like you said, we're going to find out why he's the most infamous bounty hunter. I wanted to see his first encounter with Bosk. You know how he befriended Dengar. They probably were at odds with each other over a bounty. You know, kind of like IG eighty eight. Uh, sorry, IG eleven and. Uh, Dinger in in episode one, I was hoping for those kind of stories, but Boba Fett. Uh, there was episode six of The Mandalorian when they escaped from the prison ship, mm-hmm. and you know he was questioning, oh, why are the Mandalorian such a big deal, you know? And then he showed him why it was a big deal, and I, I was, I wanted that for Boba Fett. Yeah, but the very first episode of the series, he gets beaten up. He's in a back to tank every other second. It's like what's happening? He takes his helmet off when he goes in a in a cantina, which you never would. This cantina, like you said, people get shot in cantinas, and, <laughs> and you just toss them a couple of coins. Sorry about the the mess, you know. So why would you take, especially one you've never been in? Why would you remove your? This is the most treasured piece of all his arsenal, you know. I think they haven't really played with his sonar stuff, you know. I think you can see behind him just from the sonar, you know, these earpieces which they never explore. I wanted to see what it looked like through his visor. Like, what kind of HUD does he have? What kind of, you know, I wanted to see all of that. And I think they made a mistake jumping chronologically, you know, from the Tuscan Raiders to, you know, when he comes out of the Sarlacc and back and forth, because we're already trying to fit it into the original trilogy and the Mandalorian series. We're already doing that jump. And so I would have, I think it would have played out much better if they'd just not kept four episodes of Tuscan Raider. Tuscan Raider having to have him separate from his gadgets and learn kind of up close and personal. I wanted to see much more of a build for that and then go into whatever they want to go into. But that's another discussion. <laughs> um, I don't think, I don't think, I, I think they were given a bad set of cards. To, to play with because of the gap. Right. The, the, the gap was so big. Uh, and, and like you said, they, they've not done everything great. Even the book of Boba Fett, if you binge watch it, it's much more forgiving, much more forgiving than, than watching it week to week. Uh, but I say to a lot of people that come to conventions, they come to conventions and all they want to do is trash the Disney Plus stuff. And I'm signing next to Disney Plus Actors. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I feel for them. I feel for them. And this guy's bad mouthing. Uh, it, it, it happened in New Jersey, and uh, that I, surprises me because people in Jersey are always so nice. <laughs> famously, <laughs> famously. But I just, uh, I feel like, I feel like telling them, okay, if you had Obi Wan Kenobi series. In 1985, would you have been so as hard on it as you are right now? No, you wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. If I was in 1985, 19 years old, I would have I would have eaten that stuff up, like you know, because I, I there was that like I said that gap where there was nothing, no toys, no nothing, and those for me were the dark times, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, I I feel like Disney weren't given a very fair. They weren't given very good cards to begin with. Uh, they haven't played it particularly well, but for some series like Mandalorian and Andor, yeah, they knocked it out of the park. And and I also think like uh, using a Simpsons reference, 
when Homer was a food critic and he said, oh, this food is great. Nobody cared. But when he went to a place and he said, oh, this food is garbage, then suddenly he's like this famous uh, food critic that everybody's afraid of. And that's the way the Internet is, unfortunately. Like, I can't wait. Yeah. A hundred years from now, when they look back on us, I can't wait to see what they say about what we did with the Internet and how we abused it and all this stuff. Because the only way you get any attention is by saying negative things about stuff. So it's like, oh, let me say something mean about Star Wars and then people will pay attention to me. Joe Rogan gave a great description to these people. He called them the recreationally outraged. And they <laughs> yeah. are. And they, and they are. are. I hate yeah. the recreationally outraged. I'm sorry. I'm going to say that. I'm going to make that public. I have no time. Whenever <laughs> there's anyone negative on my feed, block, block. I've got no yeah. time. No time for them. No, not at all. Anyway, so sorry. I, I, again, long answer, but I'll pass it over to Eric. Oh, that was <laughs> a great answer. It, it, you had me thinking because that that idea where we had so long to form these ideas in our head of what things would be. I played the Star Wars role playing game mm -hmm. um, when I was a teenager, and I bought all of these source books that taught me all the backstories of all of these people. I'm like, wow, they actually wrote backstories on all these people. And we imagined what the Clone Wars would be. And we had, we expanded and, and put people in the Clone Wars and guessed at what that was and what happens with all the, what happens with all the Jedi who were killed by the Emperor. Obviously, there was this mass extinction event. What happens when our Jedi character, because everybody wants to play a Jedi, it, what <laughs> happens when the Emperor comes after you and, and, and Vader comes after you? And it, we made up all these stories about the things that happened just before the movies and all the things that happened way after the movies. And yeah, I get it when, when it comes time for somebody to say, this is the, 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 the canon truth after the fact or before the fact you go, Oh, well, I, well, we never came up with that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's what he thought the clone wars was. Oh, cool. Um, I, I chose to go the way of, uh, of, wow, I didn't, I, didn't know that that's what he was thinking um, from a pat, you know, a, just a, a toss away sentence from Obi-Wan in the first movie. Um, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. And, you know, he yeah. he, he went back and it, who knows how much George Lucas had come up with at that time. We, we don't know. But he went back and he he said, this is what I think the Clone Wars are. And we're stuck with it. And okay, yeah, we're all crusty, <laughs> crusty old men now. Um, I, I, I'm just happy that they're still making stuff. Uh, they, they made, they made, they might have made too much for a little bit, Disney, and they learned from that and said, okay, let's pull back. And, um, I don't mind that. That I mean, people have horrible things to say about like Kathleen Kennedy. It, it's like uh, you know what? She's in charge of an awful lot. And mm -hmm. she's the one who said, all right, okay, pump the brakes. We, we, we have the money to do this, but maybe maybe the, the billions of dollars you gave us, we could put to better use. Because <laughs> um, we all still watched it, didn't we? We all watched it three times in the theaters, if, if not more. Um, it, we're still eating it up. We're still talking about it. Everybody wants to be negative now. Um, and yet, it, like you've already said, Andor was phenomenal. Um, people badmouthed Solo. I remember. I remember so distinctly what I mean. The I was in Walt Disney World when I saw uh, Solo for the first time. Uh, my family were on a this giant vacate, like full family vacation. We we wanted to go to the premiere there, and um, I ended up meeting before before we went in. I met Mark Dodson, the voice of Salacious Crumb. <laughs> No way. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about convention folks. Yeah, I, I just we were we were having a like a mojito outside of the theater before we went in and <laughs> and my dad and I are smoking cigars outside and and he comes over, he's like, You can smoke out here. Let's what yeah, let's have a let's have a cigar. We were all sitting around talking and, and he was there for for a convention. <laughs> and <clears throat> he had seen it the night before. And uh, it, he was talking about the movie and just talking about his experiences. And it was so much fun. So, okay, I tied the movie in with a fun experience of meeting 
Right. So of course, the, Star the, Wars guy, but um, <laughs> it means so much more to you now. Right. But it, I mean, still, it's a fun movie, and it, all of these things are fun. They're supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. So have fun. Andor is more serious, but it, it's still it's still enjoyable being in this universe and learning something more about it. I've read so many books. I, I I'm I yeah, I've I've read a lot of books, read comic books, I've played a role-playing game where I spent every precious dollar that I made working crap jobs as a teenager to buy all these source books and things. Um that money I could have been spending taking girls to movies, but no, we're gonna play role playing games. <laughs> My nerd friends say- and I. I must say that the solo movie, when I first saw it, I was kind of mm, on the fence. Second viewing, I was like, oh, my God. Same mm-hmm. with Andor. First viewing, I'm like, I think because of the week to week. That's what really messes mm-hmm. me up. The week to week, especially with the oh, yeah. story. It, week to week it didn't me help up. it. No, no. But going back and watching it a second time, I'm like, I love this. It's like, it's funny that those two went from a, mm, to a, oh, my God. I, I see past all of that. Uh, prejudice that is built in, <laughs> and I see the the excellence in it, and and I, I'm, I'm the same with you. I can't say enough. I hope they make a solo too. I really do. Yeah, I love yeah. seeing that. Yeah, I'd love to see more more there. And I can I can say it, it didn't completely blow me away, but it was a fun day. And the only the only movie that has truly made me like sitting on the edge of my seat where my wife is like, you couldn't stop smiling was Rogue <laughs> one where I'm like, yeah. there are new spaceships. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> What's that ship? I want to learn more about it. Like all of the things that happened in it just completely, it, they, they were having a war in the stars. <laughs> and we got to see Darth Vader. Like we want to see why Boba Fett was Boba Fett. We got to right. see Darth Vader for why they, everyone's you know trembling in their boots. In New Hope, oh you know? man, that end that end sequence. I'm so glad that they added that in because it it I felt so nervous. Yeah. I was so scared. Like, oh no, they're not going to make it. Oh wait, I know they do. I know <laughs> someone does. Oh no, most of them aren't. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was great, especially that one piece. Like, you know where the end is. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. Um, but it was still awesome to watch all the way through. And the same thing with Solo. If Solo's on TBS when they run, you know, their Star Wars marathon, when Solo comes on, I'll stop and watch it, even with the commercials. I might like, watch it tonight. I hate, I hate that I always watch it on TBS. Like, well, I have this movie. Why am I watching it with commercials? Yeah, why am I watching it with commercials? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but both of those movies are are now movies that you know. The more you watch it, you're like, oh, this is really. I, once you get over, as Tom said earlier, why they gave him the last name of Solo, you get past that one scene. You know, oh, you're by yourself? Okay, Han Solo. There you go. And I'm like, oh, really? It's yeah. fine. Who cares? It's there fine. are cheesier yeah. things that have happened in yeah. these movies. There are. <laughs> I must say that when Phantom Menace came out, I, I went to watch it at least five times in the cinema just to try and get over that hump of the, the prejudices and that. And I couldn't quite do it. And I, okay. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, I, I really was wanting to see more of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon just having adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the first uh-huh. one had just been like, I want to see Jedi's doing Jedi things. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I can have that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would lay the foundation for everything afterwards. We've just got to see just them two, their relationship make that the strong foundation and then you know in the second movie have the dark Maul come in and then you know, he dies in the second movie um but uh I, I did find the prequels they've grown on me now but i do remember going to the cinema and watching them over and over again tr- trying to beat that prejudice out of me mm-hmm. it took a it took many years but um yeah I, it yeah. i i enjoyed them so much at the time and i didn't know why everybody was was you know down on them and then after a while i went back and watched I'm like oh, maybe they're not the greatest and <laughs> but then i've come back around because my nieces yeah. love them I'm like oh that's right that's what they, yeah. everybody says george is like i made them for kids and these kids love them and now i have 
multiple I have multiple nieces who are super into Star Wars and can't wait to go to Galaxy's Edge with us and 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 they've watched everything and they, I like that that's what you want, right? You want the next generation to be into it too. Yeah. Right. We yeah. Can't seen, hold on to it if forever. we'd seen it, if we saw Phantom Menace at age eleven, I would have eaten that crap up. I would have <laughs> Yeah. Oh hundred you know, percent anything. Right. Yeah, my son's just like Eric's nieces, where he loves the the Phantom Menace, and and because he was young when they came out, yeah, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, this is so yeah. cool," and and he was like, "The lightsaber battles are so much better than in episodes four, five, and six. And it's I'm got like, two old men hitting each other with sticks. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Well, I, I have to agree with you. They are a lot better." <laughs> I'm like, "But it's the story in four, five, and six. And he's like. Yeah, but the lightsaber battles, you know? Like... I think it just didn't have... It, the 4, 5, and 6 just had a really kind of unique sense of tongue-in-cheek humor that I wish they had a bit m- more of in some ways in the first three. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, then just... There, was, there wasn't the bickering. The bickering was what we loved. We loved Han bickering with Leia, bickering about get this carpet out of the way. And you know, and and uh, old man, crossy old man, what's he gonna do? And bickering. Yeah. If we'd had more bickering, I think I think we would have loved the the prequels a lot quicker. Well, yeah, I think so. I think uh, Tom, you never got a chance to answer yeah. this question. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Um, I that's it. I mean, we went through four questions and. It's been an hour, but it feels like we've just been talking for 20 minutes. I think we're all best friends now. Do we just become best friends? <laughs> that's, I tell you, that's the best thing about doing conventions is making best friends of all my heroes because I'm alongside them, you know, but I got added in, you know, 20 years or something after they did. Yeah. But yet we're kind of all together in you know, a restaurant together and, and they send me emails. Are you going to be at this convention? Because I am, and I hope to see you there. And so making friends of my heroes, like Mark Dodson. Mark Dodson is a very good friend of mine now. That that was something I never. I just wanted to be Boba Fett. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen years old. Thirteen years old. I wanted to be Boba Fett. And my mother didn't believe me when I told her about being Boba Fett. She thought it was just it's too fantastical. Like, yeah. How can that happen? How can you? Um, your idol like, like, that doesn't make any sense and I had to send, I sent her a postcard from the producer Tom Kennedy saying oh, to Mark Blower you make a great boba and I sent her the postcard and the picture of me uh, in the suit without the helmet on with just the hood and and she didn't believe me till that point that she received that message. It was too fantastic but but I think we have become friends in this podcast. <laughs> I think so. And and you, uh, with, with my regular podcast, when you were on before, you have what Nick and I have always talked about that that we would love to be. And just even if you're a background character in Star Wars, not that you were a background character, you were Boba Fett, but you were in Boba Fett in the remastered and two scenes and, and, and whatever. Um, but just by that, like now people are like, Oh my God. Like they're so happy to see you. Like we were so happy that when you said, yeah, I'll come back on again. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. You know, like, like I could be that guy in the back of the cantina who's sipping on some bubbly drink. And I'll be like, dude, that was me. You know, like people come on. Oh my God. I loved when you, you know, like you're living the dream, you know, even though you're out of work right now, but other than that, you're living the dream. I am. I've always said, I've said for, decades now that I, I can die right now and I, I I've lived a blessed life you know I, I've lived a life that I never dreamed I'd have worked on movies that I've always idolized and worked with directors I've idolized and so I even though I'm unemployed I have nothing to complain about with my life yeah I, 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 that was the last thing on my list. <laughs> oh no, not the last one. That was. It's the very last thing. <laughs> Look at that. Cross Look out right now. There you go. Yeah, Look at that. Done. Well, we are thrilled that you were able to come back on. Um, yeah. 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 For yeah sure. This is, 
This is awesome. So before we go real fast, I, I just want to say this does conclude our second episode of Bantam Milk Presents Around the Degeric Table. Uh, when we want to thank our two extraordinary guests. Um, we had great banter, a lot of good discussions. Eric and Mark. First, Mark, go ahead. This is your time. If if uh, if you ever watched Hot Ones, that camera there, that camera there, that camera there. Go ahead and plug away. Whatever you want to plug, whatever oh, you want to say. I've got something to plug. Go um, for it. Next year, I think it's um, probably around that June of next year. Summer, at least. They're keeping it till summer. I don't know why. But uh, Ultraman Rising. It comes out on Netflix. It's a it's an anime-esque stylized feature length movie of Ultraman. Uh, and it's got the blessing of uh, uh, of uh, uh, Tsuburaya. Is it? Yeah, Tsuburaya. Uh, he gave it his blessing. Um, he, got, he gave it his blessing uh, all the way through. We, we kept oh, wow. checking in with him. But I'm, I'm, this is, uh, everyone says to me, what's your favorite movie out of all the 50 plus you've worked on? And it's always been New Hope. It's always been New Hope. I have to say, for, for the fun, and Pride, Ultraman Rising is now the number one. So awesome. I'm plugging right. it for next year. Ultraman yeah, Rising. Go. I'm going to mark it down on my calendar now to watch it next <laughs> summer. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, of course, you know, uh, your Facebook page is... Uh, Everything's under Boba Fett ANHSE. That sounds for a New Hope Special Edition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find me under Mark Austin, Mark Anthony Austin, or at Boba Fett ANHSE. And uh, at a convention coming soon? Uh, convention not until next year. Not until okay. Next year. Yeah. We just missed you in the Jersey convention. Darn it. Yeah. Just missed <laughs> me. All right. Eric, what about you? Go ahead and plug away. Whatever you want to plug. Bowie Splaining, you know, any of the other things that you talk about. Uh, well, hey, yeah. Bowie Splaining's the newest episode, the newest show that I'm doing with uh, one of my very good friends who is a giant David Bowie fan and has been for many years. Um, it definitely has never impersonated David Bowie on a message board in the 90s. Um, <laughs> and um, I know nothing about David Bowie. So... I'm learning things. I'm guessing things. I, I try not to read about any of these songs before we talk about, we basically, we've been going album by album. We're going to start moving, bringing in some supplemental materials and movies. Um, only episode one has come out so far. Uh, but um, one, once a month, um, probably on the first of the month, you'll get new episodes there. So that's my new thing. And then there's the hub crawl, our Disney roundtable yes. podcast that Rob uh, stole, the stole from. <laughs> but i changed it i i did it i did a perfect uh stealing where i changed it just enough that it's now about star wars instead of disney well, so it's go. completely different and yeah. some of the script was different too some of the <laughs> script was different. look i've listened to every one of your episodes so the script was in, just embedded in my head i practically said the same exact intro that you guys say just because it's it's forced into my head. Well, there you go. Yeah, we've been doing that for a couple of years now. That's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun to have a podcast it, like this, where you just you you meet new friends, you get old friends together, and you just kind of hang out, and it's minimal prep, and you talk. That's right. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, thank you both, uh, Tom and I. Tom, uh, I know you want to say thank you also, so you can hit us up with some thank yous, especially thank me because I introduced you to Mark, and now we're all best friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, from all of us here, I would just want to say uh, I'm stealing Luke's line now. May the force be with you. Mark, Eric, Tom, thank you all very much. Um, and this was awesome. Thanks for having so, us. Thank you. Thank you.